everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative You Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me David Richmond. David is an author, public speaker, and endurance athlete. David's mission is to form deeper human connection through storytelling. So welcome, David. Thank you, Larissa. I'm very happy to be here. Nice to meet you and uh, looking forward to having a short chat. Yes, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about you. So can you share some of your story and the path that's brought you here? Uh, Sure. So I've been a writer pretty much my whole life, but you're never really a writer until you get stuff published, right? Until you become an author, right? Everybody writes, everybody does whatever and all that's great. But um, I guess my first book came out about six or eight, 10 years ago, maybe. I've written uh, other books as well. And then my most recent book um, was really a passion project for several years And it was formed out of um, watching my sister go through terminal brain cancer. And when she uh, went through that, her and I were really close. We had a lot of good uh, uh, conversation, but there's there's kind of two sides to cancer, especially to trauma. And that's kind of like the one side where you're dealing with the tasks of the issue and the other side where you're dealing with the emotional side. And I found um, watching people and, uh, every year I do like a big endurance event and raise money and stuff like that. I noticed that the emotional side of it, that side of it, that people weren't really open to discussing. And when they were discussing it, they pretty much across the board said, I just haven't dealt with it. I don't want to talk about it. It's just too painful. And so I set out on this mission to, um, kind of explore that emotional side of trauma, specifically the trauma of cancer, um, to try to give us insight into how we can better connect to people. And um, so that's that was the start of, of this project. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really Im- important thing to look at. I mean, we're not good as a culture to look at emotion anyway, but yep. then, you know, you add the big C cancer into that. And, you know, I've had it, uh, like my mom, died of cancer and other people in my family have had cancer and it's very true. People don't want to talk about it. They just want to just like move forward and not deal with it. And I think it's really important to actually look at how we're feeling and why we're feeling that way. Yeah. And even people that know that that's part of the dynamic, they still have a hard time doing it. Um, You know, I tell this one story that's, um, uh, that's really indicative of, of this, of this book, if you'll indulge me for a second, is that I, I had brunch with a family, uh, I, I, um, to connect all the stories. I, I went on a bike ride, like 5,000 miles. So, um, what's that like 7k, 7,000, 7, 7,000 kilometers, something like something crazy amount. 
yeah. in a short period of time. And I connected all the stories. I visited hospitals and whatever. Along the way, I'm having brunch with this one family and the dad brings me aside and he goes, hey, my son told me about your book. It's such a good thing. You know, when I had cancer, you know, it's, so, it's such a difficult thing and people need to talk about it and they need to share their emotion. It's such an emotional thing and blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy's pretty cool. And then his daughter, a grown woman, uh, was a nurse and had a stage three breast cancer, double mastectomy, um, uh, left her job as a nurse to go be um, a lobbyist for patient rights, um, uh, very admirable thing. And she pulls me aside and she goes, you know, I'm so glad you're writing this book. You know, my brother told me, uh, you know, what you're doing and connecting the emotions, the emotional side so difficult. And, but, you know, it's, uh, and so at the end of that brunch, I look over at the dad and I go, not everybody is like you. They don't talk to their family about what they're going through. And he kind of put his head down and, and, you know, and then I looked at the daughter and I go, well, you know, you, he goes, she goes, I go, I go, you, you told me how important it is. She's like, you know, and I come to find out that he didn't talk to her about it because he's kind of old school. I don't want to bring my family down. I, I'll deal with my own stuff and deal with it. And then she didn't want to talk to him about it because make him feel guilty about maybe losing his daughter. Didn't want to make him feel bad about what he had gone through. And, and meanwhile, they both are telling me that this book is so important and they're both super close and they both had life-changing uh, experiences with cancer, and they still hadn't talked about the emotions of it. Absolutely, yeah. It's just crazy, right? Every, it's, 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 it's a common theme. And so um, that's what I tried to do when writing this book, is to delve deeply into people's emotional journeys. Um, and oftentimes it was through our discussions that they explored that emotional side of it. And then in the hopes that the reader would be better equipped to have conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a really, you know, because if other people see other people doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they're having a conversation. Okay, maybe we can have this conversation. It's not, it just sort of starts the momentum, right? And I think that's really important. And it's, it's, it's intimidating. When I have a friend and, and he sent me a message just a couple of weeks ago. It's super tragic. Um, two teenage kids and his wife um, got cancer and died very quickly. Very, very sad, right? And um, I wrote him a note the other day and sent it off to him. And I and I said, I, um, you know, I don't want to give you advice, but if I can just give you some insight into something, people are going to want to talk to you, but they're going to be afraid of saying something stupid, right? They, they don't know how to talk to you about what you're going through. And they're going to be, they care about you. They love you. They want to, to let you know that they're there for you, but they don't know what to say. And so if you feel alone, if you feel like nobody cares, if you feel like nobody's trying to communicate and connect with you, it's not you, right? It's them. They just don't know how, right? They just don't know how. So, 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 you know, that might be an issue that you encounter and it's, and it's the truth, right? Because we don't know how to deal with these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's why it's so important to start having these conversations, right? And, yeah. and to, to opening that up. Mm-hmm. So what would you say healing with creativity means to you? Um, healing is an interesting concept, right? We all, we all uh, are pained, we're all hurt, we're all 
broken in some form or fashion, we, we all need to be healed, right? Sometimes it's healed from very obvious things. Sometimes it's healed from suppressed things. Um, I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't need some type of healing. And um, it, it, it's just the nature of being a human being is things aren't going to go perfect and things aren't going to go well. And oftentimes they really don't go well. And if even for a short period of time, it just can have a lasting effect. You know, you bully this kid, you could um, have a difficulty in social situations. I mean, there's a million different ways that we are all, um, you know, uh, could, could put ourselves in the camp of needing to be healed. And for me, I think anything that you do that gives you the ability to express yourself even uh, like with you, it's painting, with other people, it's writing, with some people, it's, it's through other kind of arts, um, cooking. I mean, I, I, I heal through endurance athletics. It's not that creative, but it's, it is because what it did is it opened up a palette in my head where I could start having super long conversations with myself, three, four, five, six hour long conversations or I'm just in the middle of the desert running or going on a super long bike ride. And I, I created this ability for me to have this very cathartic, creative, you know, uh, healing conversations with myself about my issues. And so I, I guess that's a long answer to your question, but um, healing through creativity is just giving yourself the space to express yourself in ways that will allow you to just give attention to the fact that you need healing. And that, that might be, again, any kind of therapy, any kind of uh, um, um, creative outlet, um, any kind of alone time meditation, all of those things I think are, could be in the realm of creativity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. And it's one of the things I talk about with creativity and how it's really in everything we do. And anytime we can get into that zone, like for you, uh, like the bike rides, right? And where you're five, six hours and you get into that zone and you're in your own head and you have no place else to go, you start to work on things. You start to look at things. And we often keep ourselves so busy that we don't allow ourselves to do that. So anytime we can allow ourselves to go into that zone, I think is really healing. You're, you're right. And um, I don't know about you, but if that last year hasn't showed us anything, it showed us that we can just be busier and busier and busier and busier. Now, not everybody has that, right? Some people are dealing with some really, really difficult things, but um, I'm certainly way busier day to day than I was uh, pre-March of last year, way busier. Um, and so it's easy to just get kind of suffocated by the clutter and not give any expression and not give any attention to the part of you that needs to be creative or should be creative because it gives you a chance to start healing, gives you a chance to start expressing yourself. And so it's really important to kind of get that clutter out and focus on that because it's really easy not to. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, how busy are you every day? It's just crazy, right? Oh, it is. It is. And it, yeah, because we can get, but I, I have now learned that I need to, 
put in time for myself, right? And for me, that's painting. But for others, it it it's, could be riding or running or it could be gardening, whatever it is, making sure that you have that time for yourself that you that you do. Yeah, and, and to say, you know, I'll get to it or I'll do it tomorrow or one day or when things mellow out or when, when I finally have some time, when I get this thing off my plate, when blah, blah, blah. All of those are reasons to just push it down the road. And I mean, I even, I literally have on my, I have an electronic like notepad kind of thing. And every day I have five things I have to do for an hour. And one of those five things that I have to do for an hour is right. Because it's really hard. I mean, uh, sorry, it's really easy to not spend an hour doing that. Yeah. It, it's hard to find an hour to do that. But if you if it's on your calendar and you've got to do it before the end of the day, then you have a greater likelihood of doing it. It's kind of like if you said, uh, you know, you wrote down, I, I have to take out the track. I have to. There's things we have to do, right? Mm-hmm. If we can put ourselves first um, and make that a have to do, then you get into the habit of doing it. And it's, you know, it will become, because it's always easy to put ourselves second to everything else that needs to be done. Absolutely. It's so easy to do that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you've talked about this and this will be in your bio as well, but can you just tell a little bit about the, the book and your adventure yeah. about that? Sure. So, uh, I'll, I'll mention now, just because I, I seem to always forget to mention that 100% of the proceeds from the book are going to support a number of different cancer-focused uh, organizations like American Cancer Society, and there's the Perlmutter Cancer Institute in New York, Moffitt Cancer Center in Florida, the um, Cancer Support Community, um, which I know um, uh, Dr. Jill Biden's involved in. There's there's a lot of great organizations that book participants each pick a organization to get a portion of the profit. So um, so that's number one. But what I did is I picked. Um, it took me a long time because uh, I wanted to find people that were interesting, that came from different ages, had different types of cancer. I wanted people that. Um, were defined by their cancer or cancer was secondary to everything else that defined them. Uh, doctors, patients, loved ones, survivors, young, old, just every, I wanted a 360 view. Uh, that way we could, and also different emotions, right? Some people are angry, some were, you know, happy, happy about cancer. Well, read the book and you'll understand there, there's, so I wanted this, this great thing. So what I did is I interviewed them for a few years and then, um, um, wrote their stories, not with me in the story, kind of like from them telling the story. And basically, there's that. What I did was I said, "Here's the traumas that happened in their life until they encountered cancer, and those traumas were pretty severe. The kind of things that we all deal with: abandonment, bullying, substance abuse, suicide of a parent, um, 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 physical abuse, you name it. Right? And then, and then, a what point A is when they encounter cancer." Sometimes that was as a six-year-old seeing their parent with it, or maybe it was uh, when they went to medical school, or maybe it was uh, as, a, as an adult and, and their loved one got it or whatever. And then point B is today. So I said, in relation to all the other traumas in your life, how did that affect the emotional journey of your cancer? Um, and so after I was done interviewing them, after I was um, had kind of framed their stories, then I bike and I went uh, like I said 
4,700 miles in 45 days, zigzagging up and down the country and then basically LA to Florida and then up to New York. Um, and then um, and I met them for the first, many of them for the first time, even though I'd talked to them for years. And then uh, of course, you know, my editor edited the book, publisher edited the book and uh, it's out. I'm actually right in the, in the middle right now of doing the audible. So the audio is going to come out, but it's basically, it's wherever books are sold. But like I said, all the proceeds are going to charity. Um, and it's kind of my hope that the book will just start conversations and connect people in a more meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's, it, it's amazing, not only the, the book itself, but then that journey that you took riding your bike from city to city. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I live in Canada. It's a very large country. Um, like the States is a very, very large yeah. country. And just to think of the amount of miles, you know, 5,000 miles that you put on your bike but to do that in such a short period of time, like not over a matter of years, you did that in, you know, what, two, less than two months. And yeah. that's just amazing to me that, that that's a mission. Right. And, and to, to meet each person then individually to make that connection in person. So amazing. So amazing. And to just was, pass, it, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I say it was really, um, it was really pretty awesome. I mean, there are two parts of the bike ride. One was I'm putting in, you know, 170 to 200 K a day, right? It's a lot of, that's a lot of miles and mm-hmm. I'm dealing with wind and hills and I got a bike with bags on it and all my stuff. I mean, I had some support, but um, you know, thankfully my wife was there for a good portion of the time. I had a, some friends that were there. So I had support, but, but it was a solo ride and I put, put the miles in myself Um so that part of it was hard. But then the second thing is I meet all these ridiculous, fantastic, wonderful people along the way. Every single day, there's, I ran into somebody every single day. I ran into multiple people every single day who said, oh, what are you doing? And I tell them and they go, oh, my gosh, well, my, my coworker just got cancer. I don't know what to say to him. Oh, my friend's son just got cancer. I don't know what to say. Oh, you know, I had cancer a long time ago. I never talked to anybody about it every single day, multiple of those instances. So that kind of powered me along and um, in the book. um, So I have the 15 stories uh, that are all their own, uh, like a short story. It's like a short story. Um, And then in between each story, I have a tiny little narrative that talks about um, the people that I met and then a little bit about my emotional journey of, of kind of reconciling losing my sister. So there's a 16th story. So there's 15 individual and then the one story that kind of binds them all together. Yeah. I I just find that absolutely fascinating and such a passion project to be Mm -hmm. able. And, and how did you find that that was for healing with dealing with your sister's uh, cancer? And well, I, you know, like I said, every year I did a fundraiser to try to, um, keep her memory alive, raise money for the cancer center at UCLA that took care of her and just feel that connection, right. And kind of feeling like I'm doing something to give back and keep her memory alive. And so I thought then that I had dealt with all the things that I needed to deal with because I was at least internalizing the, and dealing with internally the issues that I think a lot of people don't deal with, even though I wasn't dealing externally with it very much. Um, when I went on the ride and I started really contemplating the whole thing of 
geez, you know what? Now I'm alone in the world and nobody knows me from when I was a kid. And, you know, I, I, the guilt I have over, you know, not having spent more time with her and how bad I felt that, um, you know, she left behind her husband and kids and friends and, and, you know, um, everybody kind of went their own ways because they didn't know how to deal with each other. And it's just like a, a lot of these things that I think everybody deals with. And I was just fortunate that I kind of put myself in this situation to force myself to think about and process these things so that I could um, come to some sense of comfort over, over these issues. And so uh, again, um, I, I, I'm like you, I think there's creativity in everything and uh, there's something creative about having a meaningful dialogue with yourself. Um, if you can do it for a long period of time and it's meaningful and it's honest and it's truthful and it's, you know, comes from your heart to yourself, you know, you're not pep talking yourself. You're just having a real conversation with yourself. So I was able to, Larissa, have hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of real conversations with myself. So it definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure it did. I just find that. And I think about, you know, the people who go on Mecca's or pilgrimages and things like that, that, that's very similar to what your journey was, right? Because yeah. you're spending those hours thinking and processing and, and yes. working through things. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you, you do a lot of um, exercise. Ext- what did you call it? Extreme exercise? I call it endurance athletics. En- endurance. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, and- uh, for me, exercise is, is important. It's important for everybody, but um, I, I, I was a smoker. I was overweight. I, I didn't really do any athletic stuff. And then when I started doing it, it, it just changed my life and, and changed how I felt about myself, what I wanted to accomplish. So I started doing Ironman triathlons and long distance runs and you know, run a hundred miles and, and, and done, you know, multiple 50 mile runs. And I just, I call it endurance athletics because I feel like anything more than like an hour, hour and a half of exercise is kind of endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for me, I've done, I can count hundreds of, 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 of endurance uh, events that have been more than three, four, five hours, Hun- hundreds and hundreds of them. So it, 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 that's, that's what I call endurance athletics. And there's a whole nother level of, endurance athletics it's very different than say hitting the gym for 30 minutes or doing some kind of crazy aerobic workout or whatever that's a short burst of great exercise and great energy what i think endurance athletics does is as long and slow Mm -hmm. so it does give you a contemplative mindset you know the way i explain it to people is imagine if you go see a movie because you want to break back when we could go see movies. <laughs> so you want to break. So you go to a movie and you go to this movie and let's say it's some, you know, one of these crazy Marvel movies or whatever. And you walk out of there, your heart rate was up the whole time. You didn't think about anything that was going on in your life. You just escaped for 90 minutes, which is great. Right. But that's certainly not healing. That's not taking a break for you. That's just avoiding everything else to take a commercial away from life. Right. Go sit for 90 minutes in a room by yourself with no stimuli and no phone and no pets and no whatever, and just sit there for 90 minutes and try to try to think about stuff. Well, you'll go crazy after 10 minutes if it, right? Because so 
this in, this idea of endurance athletics it was a way for me to be comfortable being alone for a long period of time. I like that. I like that. And being able to find that, that space so that you can then listen to yourself, right. And be in, in that, that zone of flow that I call it, but yes. Yeah. yeah. So would you say then, cause you do writing and you do your endurance exercise, do they offer you different things or very similar for you? Um, writing is more of a challenge uh, because it's, it's really, it's, I think writing is very difficult if, if, if you're going to write meaningful and you're going to write well, it's, it's difficult. Okay. Um, and so it's challenging. It's exciting to try to just like for you with painting, you have this concept of what you want to do, but to translate it to the canvas is very, very difficult. And I guess you could free form and you could do, you know, you, you could just not think about what you're doing and just do it. I guess there's a whole different, you know, ways you could approach creativity, but for writing, it's a little more difficult. Believe it or not, it's, it's, it's harder than say riding a hundred miles on a bike is hard, but, but writing 10 pages is really hard. So they, they, they kind of have the same effect on me. They're very cathartic. They're very exciting. I feel really good after I get it done. Like I really accomplished something. Um, and so in that sense, they're the same, but I, I would say that writing is actually a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. So with all the amazing things that you've done in your mm-hmm. life, because <laughs> it feels like there's a lot there, what would you say you're the proudest of? Uh, we didn't even talk about it. My, my proudest of my kids. I mean, I have 23 year old t- twins now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're awesome. They're, 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 One's in England getting her master's. My son is in Chicago getting his master's. They're, they're phenomenal. Um, I think the second thing I'm, I'm most proudest of is um, allowing myself to be in a healthy relationship. Um, and um, I don't know that I knew how to do that or believe that I deserved it for a number of years. And so um, it's sometimes it's work, but I have a great marriage and a wonderful wife and I think I'm most proud of the fact that I didn't screw that up um, because I had screwed up a lot of relationships in the past uh, or uh, forced myself to screw them up. So I guess I'm kind of proud of that. I guess this book I'm really proud of, um, you know, um, it's tough as an artist. You might look at one of your paintings and go, it's good, but you really don't want to bring attention to the fact that you think it's good. When you paint something that you know is really good, it's a good feeling like you know that you know the difference Larissa, between a piece of art that's good and a piece of art that's good like good right I know that my book is good so it, it feels and, and that's because I have good editors and great topic and you know I'm not saying I'm anything special but the book came out really really good and so I am really proud of it which is um which is an added benefit you know so I would say uh, that's the topical thing that I'm very proud of, but it's been, you know, in front of my mind for several years. So um, it's, it's not, it's not going to change anytime soon. Um, but those other things are pretty dang important too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the importance of this book, and I, if, mm-hmm. if you could change one aspect of our society through, through the work, the work you do, and specifically through this book, what would that be? <sighs> It's tough because, look, 
I'll answer you the way I, I, I would, would, you know, my heart tells me to answer it. It's just, it's just something I don't know if it can be done, but I'm hopeful that it can. And that is that, um, you know, I really believe that there is a huge benefit to kind of meaningful, real, heart-centered, um, active listening kind of communication, um, all of that in connecting to people. Now, we can't connect to everybody that we see. We can't all collectively seven and a half billion people hold hands and connect. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying if, if when we can, the connections, the people that are in our lives, if we can connect with them in a meaningful fashion, true, honest, real connection, where we're being heard, we're listening, and we're having a, a, a grounded connection that is to our benefit, to their benefit, and their and thus to our benefit, collective benefit, that's what I would strive for. And that's what I hope my book does, is it gives, um, I think, a roadmap uh, to allow ourselves to have those kind of deep, meaningful connections. And you know, when you do have those kind of connections, they're really, I mean, life becomes different. It just becomes different. Yeah, I think that's, and we notice that, you know, with, with friends that we can talk about anything with, or, you know, <laughs> with our spouse, if we can do that, we notice those differences, right? And so if we could have that with more people, I think, wow, that would be a beautiful thing and really change the world really changed the world. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm going to go deeper than that too. It really changes ourselves in a meaningful way. I mean, how, I don't know, maybe I'm not indicative of everybody else, but it took me a long time to have real meaningful, honest, grounded, heart-centered connection with myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Forgive myself for all the things I don't do well that I didn't do. Be proud of the things that I've done and, be okay with that. Um, understand my limitations. Understand the things I'm allowed to be optimistic about, you know. And I'm still working on that. But, but I think we it, there's there's value in having that connection to ourselves, and there's there's value in having that kind of connection with other people. And so, whether you connect through your art, or you connect through talking, or you connect just through active listening with the people that you're around. You know, really could tell when somebody's there, you know, when they're not right. I I don't want to have those kind of connections. I don't think that they're good for anybody. Let's just have, and we can't always, you know, hope for that 24 seven, but when we can, I think that's a good aspiration is to just let's all have real, true, meaningful, grounded, heart centered, active listening type of connections to people, because that's where we all grow. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Love that. So with, you know, these amazing things that you've done in this great book that you've written, uh-huh. do you, have you ever struggled with imposter syndrome in the work that you do? <laughs> Who doesn't? Absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Every day. Every day. I, I'll, give, I'll give you a super, a super quick example. So at the end of the year, I said, oh, you know, I was learning this one thing. I'm, I'm part of this group and a lot of new information is coming in. And I thought to myself, you know, I hate the cold. I know you're in Canada and cold all the time, but I hate the cold. I, my body doesn't do well with it. My mind doesn't do well with it. I, well, what's one way I can get over the cold? Okay. 
I thought, oh, I'm going to do a cold dip in the pool every morning. So the pools, I don't know what the Celsius is, but it's 50 degrees, which is pretty darn cold Celsius, right? It's it's cold. It's not freezing water, but it's pretty close. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, and I'm going to go in there for a minute and then for two minutes, three minutes, up to five minutes. And I'm I'm kind of hiding about doing it. But it's making me grow. It's opening my mind. It's doing. It's 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 a form of creativity for me, right? And and I I said to my wife, I go, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. You think I'm an idiot for doing this stuff? And she's like, what are you talking about? If you like doing it, why why are you an idiot? And that comes from that being an imposter. Is that is that it's it's hard. It's it's it, we're spent our. I think a lot of us spend our whole lives thinking that we're nothing special or we don't want to point to ourselves or we don't want to like so many people have so so much worse than we do. And so many people are so much more talented than us. And it's like, who doesn't have those thoughts? Right. My, my kind of, my first book was about that. It was called winning in the middle of the pack. And that is when in the middle of the pack, kind of nobody cares. Nobody's watching to see when you finish. So why don't you just worry about the person that's in the mirror. And so I think everybody struggles with that imposter thing. And, you know, you listen to, you know, every first time Academy Award winner, they're like, oh, my God, I never thought I was a good actor. You're up there winning the Academy Award. How do you think you're an imposter? Right. So I think everybody deals with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So do you have an inspirational quote then that you live by? You know, um, I do have inspirational thoughts in my head. I, I think I don't have an exact quote that I live by, but I do have a thought that I live by and I've lived by it for a long time, but I've really owned it maybe in the last 10 or 15 years. And that is this idea that um, I believe, and I think it's important for everybody to believe that your best days are ahead of you. And um the way I kind of think about it is, is that um, if you could picture yourself 10, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the future and, and that person saying, hey, come here, come with me. Well, you're going to want to go there, right? And, and maybe we all don't have that time, but maybe most of us don't know we don't, what, what time we have. But, but I, I like to think like, like I'm not going to go backwards, right? I'm, it's, I can't go backwards in time. So and I, and I could live here today and, and think that that's all I'm going to have. But I, I, I always want to think that there's more in the future. And so my kind of motto, even though it's not really a quote, is that I believe my best days are ahead of me. And as long as I believe my best days are ahead of me, I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep creating. I'm going to keep connecting. I'm going to keep being optimistic that I can do better. I mean, there's all these things that you can do if you believe that your best days are ahead of you. So it's not really a quote, but it's it's kind of a, a, you know an idea that I live by. Yeah, and I love that. I love that. Well, I want to thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to add that we maybe haven't discussed today? No, just uh, look, um, forgive yourself for not knowing what to say to people when they're going through trauma. Um, you know, if you think you might be helped, uh, to know how to start those uh, conversations. You can pick up the book. It's pretty much sold anywhere. Again, all the proceeds are going to cancer. Um, and, and I would just say, um, you know, the, the last thing is if anybody's looking for advice, I'm not really an advice giver and that's just try. I used to feel so stupid. I said, when I would call up my sister and I go, Hey, how are you doing? 
And I would be like, oh, shoot, I just asked her how she's doing. How do you think she's doing? She's dying of brain cancer, right? And I go, oh, I'm just really sorry. She goes, no, it's okay. I'm doing fine. It's, you know, whatever. Right? But I felt like an idiot for asking the question. Just, just don't, don't feel like an idiot. Just connect to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and that's a really good point because I know when I had a partner die and I lost so many friends because, and then I found out years later, they just didn't know what to say. They didn't yeah. know what to say. So they just dropped away. Right. It's, and it's, it's tough, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. So I would just say, um, forgive yourself in advance for saying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Cause you're going to get it. There's it's no right thing. to say. Better than you're saying nothing. nothing. <laughs> right. Just but appearing. Right? Is, is there anything anybody could have said to make it any better? Of course not. Yeah. And there's probably not much anybody could have said to make it worse. Yeah. Right. The fact that they didn't say anything was, was what made it worse, but they, they didn't know. They didn't know how. Yeah. So I would say, take, take the chance, give yourself the opportunity to say something stupid. I love that. And we will make sure that we have your links so that people can get your book because I think it's a really important one. So I just want to thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. I love the idea of there's creativity and everything. It's a great way to think and um, out of creativity uh, just comes growth. It's just awesome. So I, I really like that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So to our listeners, we'll see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Do you know about the courses and programs that we offer at Creative View? Meditation and journaling in our morning calm program. Step into your authentic self is a program to help you heal from past traumas and start believing in yourself. So you can be your healthiest, happiest you. We even have a Healing with Creativity monthly membership where you get healing projects twice a month, plus so much more. Keep watch as we're always adding more classes and programs. Plus, we offer free challenges, access to summits and retreats, as we love sharing. Click below to see what we have happening now.